Hey everybody, this is Mike Bauman and you're listening to a podcast from Mike Bauman, I guess. Um, it's done been a while since I've recorded one of these here contraptions. Um, the truth is, like for the last 35 minutes, I've recorded probably 23 and a half different intros to this show and I thought all of them stunk. So, um, <laughs> story of my life. I'm my hardest critic, and it is proving to be true, jumping back into this after a couple of years. But at some point, you just got to throw in that towel and just say, you know what, honey, you just got to do your best and forget the rest and go gut them. Just go gut them and record the intro. Settle on it, do it, do your best. Stream of consciousness. Knock it out. I don't know what voice that was. I don't know who that was. It just came out, and I'm going to leave it in because this is now, like I said, probably the 34th or 35th time that I've recorded this intro, and at some point, you just got to stick with it, man. Uh, so thank you for listening to the show. I'm going to keep this short because I have a tendency to rant, and if you're listening to the show, it's probably not because it's me doing it. It's because you're excited about the conversation of the person I'm doing it with, which you should be because he's an awesome dude, and I love that band, and I love him. He's a great friend. Um, but I will give you a quick rundown. It has been a couple of years since I've done this show. The short answer to that is just life. Um, I moved to Nashville in October of 2015. I've lived here about three and a half years now, and this is obviously known as the Music City. So I came down here fully planning on continuing to do this podcast and didn't ever give up on it, but it was something that just because of life ended up on the back burner. I started a new job. I started a new career path. I, you know, met a great group of friends through the church that I go to and, you know, then met my girlfriend and just a lot of positive life stuff has happened. And so um, the podcast kind of ended up on the back burner. That's sort of the short answer to why I haven't done a show in a while. But the reason I'm back is because I just it's an itch that I have to scratch. You know, music is something that's been part of my life ever since I was young. I've loved music and will always love music and I'm always looking to check out new music. And so it's just an itch that I've been meaning to scratch for quite some time now. And like I said, I think the last one was two years. So yeah, that's about how long I've been wanting to scratch that itch. But um, the timing kind of lined up and with 2019, that was one of my goals was to get back into this. And so the podcast may have a new name when this comes out. I don't know yet. Um, as you can see, I'm a man with a plan. <laughs> uh, but but if it does, it's it's because one of my things this new year is to just you know be positive, be more positive, stop being so hard on myself. And you know, um, there's so much out there with like meditation and just um, you know having the right mindset about being in the present moment. And that's one thing that I'm really trying to focus on in the new year. So if it does have a new name, the meaning behind that new name is just going forth in a positive direction in your life and, uh, you know, living each day to the fullest, as cheesy as that might sound to some people. Life really is precious, man. And I'm learning that more and more every single day, especially now into my 30s, which is weird to say because um, I started this thing almost 10 years ago and it's been intermittent. Um, so I don't care what the Adam Carollas and the Joe Rogans of the world's, uh, of the world have to say, that's how you build a podcast audience. You guys, you start it. And then over seven years, you do it on like different days. And sometimes you don't do it for two years. That's how you build an audience. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm back and I'm happy to be back. Um, in terms of frequency, I don't know that I want to make any promises that I can't keep other than to say that I'm excited to be back doing the show. Uh, and I'm going to try to 
try to do it on a more consistent basis because I miss it and it's one of my goals in the new year. But the timing worked out. Uh, the guest on the show today is somebody that you listening to this are probably very familiar with. His name is Ryan Waiten. Uh, like I said, he's a really good friend, um, even though we live in different cities now. And he's married and I have a girlfriend and he and Mandy just you know, got a home together and uh, it was crazy. They've been married almost four years. It's it's nuts how time flies and how things change. But what won't ever change is the people in your life that you care about. You keep them around, and you know if they care about you, they'll keep you around. And and even though he and I, uh, you know, don't see each other obviously that much because we live in different places, he's somebody that I've always kept in touch with. And from Jump Street, when we met each other, gosh, almost eight years ago now, when I did. Um, uh, their first music story, Tropic Bonds, their first feature story. Um, and that's how we became friends was starting from that conversation and just kind of following their journey chronologically over the years through their, their first album, Nuclear Honeymoon, back in 2012 to, um, you know, Return to Bomber Bay in 2014 and the Midsummer Meltdown shows. I mean, it's it's been quite the journey. Some of you get that if you listen to their music. Uh, but in all seriousness, man, um, Ryan's a great guy, and it's kind of crazy um, looking looking back eight years and 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 you know looking to now. Um, and part of the reason we wanted to do this show, and part of the reason Ryan wanted to do this show, was because um, there's been some changes in the band recently, and he felt like a lot of people thought that maybe it was the end of the band, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Or is it further from the truth? Farther's distance, further's time, or is it the other way around? I don't know. You guys bear with me. But any hoosers, so it, the 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 stars lined up, and uh, we were able to to talk to each other and uh, had a really good conversation, like we we always do, um, and and give you guys uh, some of the the scoop about where the band is at right now. Um, and like I said, ooh, don't mind that. I think I just kicked the shoebox that I've been keeping all my podcast recording equipment in. Um, we're just going to leave that in there, too, because God only knows how long it'll take me to edit this puppy because I haven't done it in a while. Um, but, yeah, he's a great guy. Like I said, we met eight years ago. It That was in the infancy of my music feature writing, and we became really good friends, and he helped get me involved in the local music scene. It was awesome to cover the Toledo music scene. I hope it's still as thriving now as it was back then um and and it just goes to show you in life that when you pursue the things that you love nothing but good can come out of it and i think if there's one thing philosophically i'll say real quick because i've experienced it in my own life you know sometimes a lot of us let fear get in the way we let fear affect our thinking which sometimes leads to bad decisions and sometimes it leads to complete inaction totally and you don't even go after the things um that you want because you're afraid and uh music is something that's been part of my life ever since i was a kid and even though i'm not musically inclined in any way shape or form i have a guitar i sometimes noodle on it but i do it poorly in my own apartment because i'm very insecure about my playing abilities because i'm not very good and i don't do it that often it's just fun and therapeutic but anyway i digress again but um you know, Ryan and I's friendship just spurred out of that first conversation that we had back in 2011. And um, apparently they had reached out to multiple media outlets locally, and I was like the only one that got back to them. And, you know, here we are eight years later, um, still good friends, 
Uh, they invited me to their wedding in 2015, which was an awesome time. Can't believe that was four years ago. So it's been really cool to be part of their their journey with this band um, through doing their first full length ever with any of the bands that Ryan had been into that point, uh, to the EP, to the songs that they've released over the last couple of years. So hopefully you guys can really enjoy this conversation. If you're a Tropic Bombs fan, if you've been to those Midsummer Meltdown shows and know what that experience is like, uh, experiences like live, this is just kind of a new evolution of the band with where they're at in their lives. And this is the scoop on what's going on. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper. And let you guys hear my conversation with Ryan Waiten of Tropic Bombs. Here it is. It's almost, I think it's almost been eight years since you and I first met. And you guys started the Tropic Bombs stuff, I think, about like a decade ago, right? You and John, wasn't it like 2009 when you first started doing this stuff? Yeah, it's actually funny you say that because uh, you know how Facebook will bring up those memories of things you posted and you can realize how much of an idiot you were like six years ago and all that. I uh, I wish they did that for band pages. They might, but I haven't figured out a way to see that. Um, I was actually trying to find our first post the other day and I do know that it was sometime in February, I believe in February... 2009 with just John and I and I was like oh my god it's been actually 10 years <laughs> since we started this band which which means we, we were actually jamming on stuff before then and we just decided to call it something official and start a page 10 years ago so holy holy hell man <laughs> yeah because I remember um one of the first time I interviewed you guys, it was fun. And it's always fun talking to you guys, but um, there was just so much excitement about what you were doing after years being in the music scene in Toledo with Promise of Tomorrow and Devil and the Executive and the relationship you guys had with the One Silver guys. And and it was kind of cool, and I think, I think that's kind of how life works too in that sometimes the best things sort of happened accidentally and he was talking about how he forgot to turn off the distortion on his guitar and he played like a surfy riff but it was like kind of heavier and then that's kind of how it came together and here you guys are 10 years later and still making some music and there's some changes and stuff that i know we're going to get into but um i i always thought that that was so cool just kind of how it how it came together out of just two dudes who were friends for a while jamming and all of a sudden you guys have this sound that you tapped into and it was really a unique mashup. Yeah, I mean, gosh, it it's so funny that it, I, I do sometimes forget that that was an accident because we have so many different things we like to play, which is probably why our sound is uh, all over the place. Because we would get bored if we tried to just play, you know, one type of thing. Um, and a lot of bands do that, and they do that really well. And they do great concept albums, and, you know, they have a definitely a style. Um, I just think we're way too ADD <laughs> to do that well. Um, and it's just it's funny to see how the music has changed but also stayed the same over the years. And, uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do think you first interviewed us. Oh, 
it, I think it was actually 2011, almost nine years ago, because you you put out a, the first like uh, I don't know if it was the first interview with us, but it was it, it was probably the, our first actual interview. It was definitely our first um, newspaper interview with this band, right before our first show. And I still have a copy of that, a hard copy. Nice. I think you, your title, your headline was something like "Tropic Bombs." about to make waves or making waves April 23rd at Frankie's. It's, it's pretty cool, man. I, I, I love that. I appreciate our, our past. Um, I mean, dude, geez, let me just say this real quick. You are a dude who I've appreciated. I told you this after the first time we talked, like you, you just, you just told it like it was you just you actually put the quotes in as we said them we <laughs> not that we had anything we didn't have anything profound to say we would never think that but it's just like oh stop it you know your your person <laughs> if you're interviewing someone a, a personality can can shine through in the way that they talk and i mean your other interviews with other bands and other other people in general i always like it because i can get a sense of who the person is just from reading you know what what you we're talking with them about, and I gotta say, uh, sitting here almost ten years later, well, nine years later, you're still following our story. I'm, I'm glad that even if you're the only person that cares, which I don't think you are, but uh, to, to actually put up with us for nine years and uh, actually give us the chance to continue telling this story nine years later from our initial interview and still be invested. Spending your Saturday morning doing this is is something that I gotta say, man, you're a stand up guy for that. <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words, man. Uh, you're definitely a friend, and I think that's what's what's cool about how life works out. You know, when you just pursue the things that you enjoy, um, you meet people that you know stick around, and and I think it's really awesome how um, you know you guys reached out to me and. I remember John, I think it was might it might have been like the second interview that we did at that coffee house place. Um is that still there, by the way, in Toledo? It's it's called it's called something different now. It's called uh SIP, socially infused people, but it is a coffee place. <laughs> nice. I like the acronym. But uh yeah. was it Big Bees at the time? Was it a Big Bees? I'm trying to remember. It, it might have been something even different that it was big b's previous name uh but they changed it but um i remember yeah. talking to him and he was like yeah man you know you we we sent our stuff to a lot of different people and you were like the only one who got back to us and and i couldn't believe it because you know at the time i remember just to kind of give the people who listen to this a, a little bit of background before we dive into what's going on now um, at the time, around 2010, 2011, I had just gotten out of school, and I had started writing for Toledo Free Press, and then about almost a year into me being there, I had the opportunity to start doing music feature stories, which to that point, um, through college and high school, I, I had only done pretty much exclusively sports, but I had always loved music ever since I was a little kid. Like, I used to have, like, a little mickey mouse guitar and my dad had like a nice sound system in our living room when i was a kid and he would put on like tom petty and the heartbreakers and you know 
Eric Clapton and all this classic rock. And so, I mean, music has always been a part of my life ever since I was a kid, and I've always just been attracted to it naturally. Not really musically inclined. Um, every now and again, I will noodle poorly on my guitar. Um, but I digress. But my point just being that it was always something I was really interested in. And then I remember we had a a diaper party at the paper for, for the publisher at the time. And um, I was standing around there with all these 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 guys who had kind of been in the biz for a little bit. Um, and everybody's telling different music stories and, you know, music stories about, like, interviewing Billy Joel and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And and um, and I, I just really dug that. Like, I it, it was awesome. And then I remember, I think my editor at that time could kind of see, like, the the passion that I had for it. And, like, the very next morning, and this is probably, like, maybe February or March of 2011, I want to say. It might even have been January. But he sent me, like, my first music story. And it was like, hey, you know, see see what you can do with this. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And then a couple months later was you guys when I got an email from you. And um, so anyway, it's it's been really cool from that first story. And I always joke because I remember saying that Nick wasn't in Once Over anymore. <laughs> um that's the one thing to this day, like, I still, I'm like, man, I wish I would have got that right and just put their their other bands in parentheses and not put X of this or whatever. But but anyway, it was, it was really fun, and I remember the first time we talked, we had a really good conversation, and I just remember seeing how excited you were, and so it kind of bummed me out that, that I, I mean, looking back on it now, I'm not bummed out, but I was really excited to, to interview, but it was kind of a little surprising to me that that nobody else had had picked up on the story because you guys had been in the music scene for so long and you know you had kind of talked about the resurgence that was going on in Toledo at that time in the local music scene and I'm like why is no other journalist here tapping into this so anyway that was a long rant which I tend to do but it was really cool to be part of that first story and then follow your guys's journey to to where you are now through writing and you know, podcasting and, and, um, developing a friendship and everything. I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. You know, so I think that just kind of in life speaks to what happens when you just pursue organically what you love and positive things come out of it. And I think that's what, what's happened with, with us and our friendship and being able to share your guys' story with people and also for you guys and your music, you know what I mean? So it's been, it's been really fun, man. Well, I, I agree, man. I, I'm glad we're still doing it. So after that first show, um, that was 2011. The next year, to give people a quick timeline, you guys released your first full-length Nuclear Honeymoon in 2012, if my memory serves me right. It does. Two years later, you had the Return to Bomber Bay EP, and then yeah. you released two more songs over the next three years. Uh, the Alchemist Gaze, I think, was 2016, because that was right around... I had been living down in Nashville for a year at that point, and then in 2017 was Poteps. Um, yeah. And that leads us to today, and you guys have had a lot of shows over the years. Um, you've had a couple of different lineup changes, but now that we're, we're getting back into it, um, 
you know, where where are things now with Tropic Bombs, and what's what's it been like, sort of the past year or so um, since the last shows? Because I know you guys had another Midsummer Meltdown uh, last summer, right? Yeah, yeah, that was our that was our last kind of like <clears throat> big shebang. Um, we did play a one-off. So that okay, so that last Midsummer Meltdown, which you know, that's our annual summer show we do every year without fail um, since 2011. That's when that started. And, God, yeah, 2018, that was uh, Midsummer Meltdown 8. Couldn't even believe it was happening. Um, eight years. <laughs> and, um, we finally got to play outside at a, at a headlining show, which was a goal of ours that is hard around this part of the country because of the weather and uncertainty and you know lack of available outdoor stages you you pretty much have to find someone that'll build one for you and and uh innovation concerts they they actually built a freaking stage on the patio of civic music hall which is an awesome venue and we got they strung up a bunch of lights and i mean they had a grill out there it was so awesome and a bunch of people came out. We had a bunch of bands. We had bands with horns. We had a very like summery theme. It was it was so cool. And they really really went out of their way to um, make that a special show for us, without us even telling them that that was kind of our last show. Because I'm not sure we even knew at that point. I can't remember exactly, but it, um, <clears throat> you know, last show at least for the time being. Um, we, they did end up calling us and asking us to play the zombie crawl, the Adam Street zombie crawl, which every year has like 20,000 people up and down the whole street. Um, so we did end up doing that, although uh, the weather was brutally cold. And not like negative degrees, but for uh, an autumn show to be standing outside, I mean, it was, it was cold. It was in the 20s and 30s, and uh, rainy so almost nobody came out to the zombie crawl, which every year it's just slammed. Um, so it was a really big surprise for everyone, and we can't hold that against anyone. Anyone who was out there was trying to be get in line to go into a bar because it was so cold. Yeah. Um, so we ended up almost not even playing because the wind was so bad in the rain, and we we're this is outdoors again. We ended up playing because we started getting text messages from people asking saying that they came down to the zombie crawl just to see us and asking what time we were playing. And I'm like, dude, people <laughs> people really came down here and like are still excited to stand outside in the cold and see us. We better play. So we played and it was actually it was actually really fun. Um, since then, um, and at that point we had known, I don't know, I don't think we had told anybody, but that was our uh We'll say, I want to I say last show. I mean, I don't believe that we'll never play a show in some capacity again in our lives. Because um, music is just who we are and what we do. But up, leading up to that point, over the past you know two years, probably leading up, things have, things have been getting uh, harder to do based on people's schedules and geographic location. You know, Steve was out in Fort Wayne, two kids, full-time job, another band. I mean, right. like it's just slammed. Um, we brought on Zach Jacobs, who is a great addition. He learned 
everything we needed him to learn. Um, he was instrumental in, we did that reunion show with Promise of Tomorrow and Devil the Executive where we played in all of our previous bands, um, three sets back to back. It was so fun. Probably my favorite show I've ever done. <laughs> um, and Zach played in all three bands for us because our, our bass players of the original bands were just unable to do it for various reasons. Um, even if they wanted to, it was just going to be too much of a, um, a burden to travel back and forth from their cities, practicing and relearn everything. Um, so they were both very supportive, and they were both cool with Zach filling in for them. And Zach was awesome doing that, amongst other things. But, I mean, he was busy, too. He's got... Um, at the time, he was in Light Horizon, which was like his baby, you know, yeah. his man, um, before Tropic Bombs asked him to join. So we always knew that Light Horizon was like, had to be his priority. Then he started Whisper Disco, which was another band that he's still currently in. Um, and I think him trying to manage three bands on top of his crazy work schedule, where he'd work, he'd work in the office of Innovation Concerts from like, I think it was like 11 till 6, and then he'd go immediately afterwards and start working a show, and he'd work till like 3 or 4 in the morning by the time you clean everything up, and then there was just no time for everyone to to get together and uh, learn all this stuff. I mean, when you're trying to write a song or an album, which we've been wanting to do an album again forever, what we've done, as you kind of said, is we've done one-off songs. We do like one once a year or something. Yeah. And something that we weren't jamming and playing, we were playing every week, but not everybody was there every week. And when we were able to all get together, it was like we had committed to a show. So it's like we had to polish up and make sure we were ready for the show. So we really didn't have any time to write and create new music. And after like two or three years of this where we create one song and add it to our arsenal, we're like, man, it's getting harder and harder to get together. And then when we do get together, we're just playing the same old songs, which we still love playing. But we're like, man, we really want to like have time to write. So we started trying to focus on writing, and uh, it just, you know, we set up different ways. We, we talked about about our year prior to our, our um, last show as a full band. We were like, okay, what, what can we do to make this work? Because everybody wants to do this, but it's just not working the way we're trying to do it. Right. So we went to a more, like, there was a lot of ideas thrown out there. We tried some things, and I think we tried, we did like a seven-month trial run of like writing from afar with Steve. Um, like, I would be writing the drums, which that wasn't really anything new. Like, a lot of times I, I would write the kind of initial drum idea and then give it to Steve, or even, even when Jason was in the band years ago. It's just like, you know, it's, the jam would start with John and myself or crumb and myself and then they would then take those drums and make them their own and do different things and make them better and that's when it all became like a tropic bombs jam but again everybody was so busy that like even just trying to find a platform that we could all access you know be it dropbox or soundcloud or whatever 
and then have time to access those things and then your memory gets full because you're trying to write these songs and it's like you can't fit any more files up here and it just became its own animal and I think you know after about a year a little over a year trying this it was like we were at a, a point where it was we were just not not progressing anymore and it's not because people didn't want to it's just literally people didn't have time to and it was kind of a, a choice of uh well so do we keep doing this forever and we just we play shows with the same you know off the same two albums which is plenty of songs i mean we'd have to pick and choose which songs to play because we had a lot of songs but and people still seem to come out and enjoy the shows and everything, but we wanted to feel fulfilled, feel fulfilled in uh, continuing to create music. And we thought the only way we were going to be able to continue to create music and record and actually put out new stuff is if we kind of only, we just kind of went back to the basics of the people that could still have time to do it. And that, that ended up being John and Crum and myself which has been the case pretty much since we started jamming when we were 13 year olds. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And we all have had different points in our life where our lives were, it gets harder. You know, John left Tropic Bombs for three years, which I forget sometimes because his job kept him away. And uh, we never thought he was going to rejoin, but we were happy when he did. And it's kind of like one of these things where I think Tropic Bombs is. Well, Tropic Bombs or any of our bands have always been like, you know what? We always kind of just rise out of the ashes and keep going. So I don't think there's, I think people took the post we made about this switch, which to, to clarify the switch is we've now gone to away from playing shows and focused on writing only. And it's only John and Crum and myself. We're a three piece now um, for the time being. And I think people took that as us breaking up or being done and people were saying they were sad. And I was like, man, it's actually a good thing because as much as we want to play these songs live and like as much as we loved playing with Zach and Steve or Bino in the past, Nick, Jason Goss, like anyone who's been in the band, um, we love doing that, but we're like, but now we can actually write more songs and show you more music and continue to make music. And yeah, people were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of that, that was my own little rant, but that, that's kind of like the last, the summary of the last few years of Tropic Bombs, why it kind of got so hard, but we're never going to be that, uh, band or group of people that's like, well, I guess we're done playing music forever now. So right. I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> it's just in us, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's good clarity for all the 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 the, the fans and, and really to call them that. I mean, they're more like a, a family, you know. Um, it's great clarity for all those people that came out to the shows, and and I've I've lived down in in Nashville now for almost four years, which is kind of crazy. But I remember coming back home in like the spring of 2016 when you guys had a show and still packing the house at Frankie's. And at that point you guys were, you know, five years deep and playing the show. So I, I think it's a really a, a testament to, you know, the, the local music community there and the local music scene there. And I, and I, I hope 
having been away from it now for you know almost four years that it's still as strong as it was when I left um you know coming home a couple of years ago and going to that show it seemed no worse for wear because I think people don't realize too that's a lot of what keeps it going you know um I don't think the average Joe realizes the investment when when you're a musician and, and even I don't understand it because I've, I'm not a musician but the time that it takes to to write songs to practice as a band to be as tight as you guys were live and then to take the time to make new music on top of it while you're living your own lives you got married in 2015 Nick had another baby what two three years ago now um, when he left um, and Zach joined the band so there's all these other things that are going on while you're making music and I think it's great that that we're doing this so that you can provide that clarity to people because I know in some ways they like you said they probably saw that post like oh man like there's not going to be any more tropic bombs anymore like the end of an era blah 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 but the reality is like you said I mean if you really love doing it which you guys do and you have the bond that you do I mean and I think that's the other thing people and I'm sure people locally need to understand, but maybe some of your fans in other parts of the world and other parts of the country, I mean, you guys, you know, mentioned it. Um, we won't mention our ages. We're not going to do that. But um, you, 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 you and John and Crum have, have been playing together for like 20 years, you know, in various outlets and, you know, jamming. And so, so you get to a point in your life where you got to make some changes, you know, um, but that doesn't mean that it's going away. And I think that's like the one big message that people should take away from this is that Tropic Bombs is still going to be making music and making new music. And I think that's what's really exciting about it is, you know, the potential of, of a whole new Tropic Bombs EP or, you know, maybe God willing in a couple of years, a whole new record. I think that's something people can get jazzed about, even if there's not going to be a live show in the interim. So that was one of the things that excited me about doing this today too was to kind of provide people that clarity because you do you reminisce you know you, you get older and you think about like oh my gosh like like we were talking at the beginning of this you wake up and all of a sudden it's like man it's 2019 and like i first talked to ryan eight years ago you know what i mean it's like yeah. you know you and mandy uh have been married for what almost four years now and you guys met at one of your shows when you first started playing in, in like 2011 right so it's like there's all these really awesome things that have come out of this band so if there's one thing that i really want people to take away from where you guys are at now is that there's still going to be awesome things to come out of this band because you're finally in a place where you can actually make new music and i think that's really cool yeah i appreciate that and, and you know it's it's um it's funny because I, there's no real way to for people to know this what I'm about to say but um, and we didn't really know like we weren't sure what was going to happen when we transitioned to back to a three piece or down not back to it down to a three piece studio band if you will um, and I kind of had some ideas in my head of how to kind of spark this new you know whenever you go through a transition it, it can be hard and it's like it's like relearning the new, uh, you know, what what you have to do to make this version work. And I had some ideas up my sleeve, and I think the timing worked out nicely. Um, and I I gotta say, like, I would never BS about this. There's definitely been 
downtimes. Like I said, the last few years had had been downtime for the band. Not downtime, but um, slower progress-wise. And we always are inspired, but there's times where it's harder to be inspired and motivated. And I can honestly say that this right now, this band, John Crum and I are the most inspired and motivated and just energized as we ever have been in this band. I mean, I, I, I'm not even kidding. I, people can't see it, but you, you can see stupid <laughs> grin that came and I'm really able to talk because like the amount of spirit kind of writing insane. Um, and it has been consistently. Um, I think part of that was not wanting to admit it. I think we needed this. And I think I think John and myself all like we did going into a period of uncertainty. So in addition to everybody else, you know, in the past, like Steve and Nick and them having kids and stuff, you know, John just had twin twin baby boys. Um, oh really? Congrats, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you're not on Facebook, Mike. Um, <laughs> so John John and my sister have been together for about four, almost five years, I think. And, um, you know, they've known each other forever. And I kind of tried to, once I saw my sister and John kind of hitting it off, I was all for it. Because I was like, dude, he's such a good guy. And my sister is such an awesome girl. And I'm close with, I'm close with both of them, obviously. So they've been, they've been together about four or five years. And uh, they just had twin baby boys. So... We knew John was going to be having his first baby, which then we found out was going to be two babies. <laughs> and we're like, dude, amongst him traveling for work and everything, this is, who knows what John will be able to do. Um, and so I, I, I recognized I have always wanted John to stay in the band, and I, I knew he would continue writing, but I recognized that he was getting kind of burnt out on only practicing the same songs. You know, I think... I didn't want to. I didn't want him to lose inspiration or motivation. Right. And I knew that we had to write new stuff in order for him to want to keep doing it and and put the time in. When you have twin babies and a wife, or uh, you know, whatever that needs you, you got a family that needs you, and uh, it's just you're gonna you're gonna pick and choose what what you can do in the weekend that you have. And one thing that I thought was. You know, Crumb, I, I started to see Crumb's kind of confidence waver in, in his own input into the band, which Crumb has always been that way. He's a shy dude, but he doesn't realize, like, how good he is and what he brings to the band. And I thought, you know what, this sounds kind of crazy, but Crumb and I, we've been friends since we were kids. We used to go on trips with each other's families to Florida and stuff, and we, we'd always take an acoustic guitar to the beach and write stuff when we were kids in Proms Tomorrow. And I was like, uh, dude, we need to take a road trip, Crum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I decided that he would love to see Wilmington, North Carolina, which I had fallen in love with and been going down to a couple times. And, you know, I thought it would be great because it would be kind of nostalgic. And it might, it might, first of all, get us out of the cold weather, get him away from work, Get, get me away from work and just the everyday life, you know, bills and all that stuff that had been kind of bogging us down. Take a guitar, take some drumsticks, go down to the beach in Wilmington, 
Um, I also had, and I, you know, I think you you know this. I've talked to you about this a little bit, but I think it's no secret to anybody that one of my absolute favorite bands, if not my absolute favorite band, is He Is Legend. And uh, just through a crazy kind of series of events, I had become friends with uh, Mackenzie Bell over the years from He Is Legend. He's he no longer plays with them, but he was like one of my favorite guitarists who wrote all my favorite riffs that I fell in love with that band over and uh, got to become actually, you know, acquaintances with them, then buddies, and then I then finally became like actual like friends with them and uh, hung out with him down there over the summer. And I just thought, dude, Crumb, Crumb's the one who showed me his legend. He loves their guitar riffs and all their music. I was like, maybe I could take Crumb down there on this same road trip, go to the beach, write some music, introduce him to Mackenzie. And uh, so Crumb and I went down to North Carolina and hung out with Mackenzie for like a week and and just while Mackenzie was at work we'd go to the beach and we have some little clips on our Instagram of us just jamming and <laughs> oh, man it was just so cool and and that really more than it's not like we sat and pulled ourselves up in a cabin and just forced ourselves to write but getting down there and just I don't know, being in a different environment did allow us to kind of like spiritually recover from the the feeling of that the band was just like trudging through the mud. And it, and ever since we got back from that trip, dude, Crumb <laughs> has just been ripping the most awesome riffs. I mean, he's been coming over inspired. He's bought new pedals, which pedals he used to use a lot in Promise Tomorrow and Devil's executive chopping bombs. He got away from pedals. He never, never played anything clean. He was just the driving distortion dude. And uh, he's got a slew of pedals. He bought a bass, two basses. He bought a bass amp. I mean, he's been writing bass. He's been writing guitar. He's been writing clean guitar. He's been playing solos. He's been just coming to practice just with all this awesome stuff. He, he, like, downloaded a program where he can actually play stuff at home, and then we upload it to each other. And I mean, it's it's a whole new world for Tropic Bombs. I mean, we're actually uh, transitioning. This is kind of weird. We're, we're transitioning out of our studio slash practice space that we've been playing in for 20 years since we were kids. And uh, Mandy and I just bought a house. We're moving soon. We're really excited. Oh, congrats, man. It went through. Yeah, everything is it's almost official, but it's all looking really good, and we're all we're all prepped. I mean, we're in closing right now, so we're transitioning our studio over there. And I mean, everything we've done in this band has been on with, with uh, we've done it with me basically having access once a week to our musical equipment and studio, and now it's going to be right in my house. So I can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> What's going to happen now? Um, scratch that itch whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, it, it's 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 going to be really cool. A lot of things are just the whole point of this is that it it sounded from the outside, I think, to people like we were going to be slowing down or you know, but really it, it it's actually the opposite. We uh we've been just going hard. I mean, we've got. This is probably going to be the first time. We are actually in the process of writing an album, and it does take a long time. 
but we're making good progress on writing and it's I think it's the best writing we've ever done and I know every band says that but I really do I really do feel that way and we have so much content right now that we've written that we're going to actually have to for the first time ever probably choose to leave stuff off or we might not well, there's no that's the greatest thing we don't have any limits or any rules like if we want to have an 18 song album we're going to goddamn do it because <laughs> We don't get to write an album every day, and like if we're putting in this work, and if we think it's good, it's going on there. So there's no rules. There's never been rules with us. We we make our own rules, and we just do what we feel is like us. So we don't even know what it's going to all sound like, but all I can say is like we've been hard at work writing, and it's only going to keep ramping up from here. So I I I hope that some people you know hear this podcast because I, I think the people that are fans will appreciate and you know knowing that it's actually it's actually coming along and we're actually doing more as a band behind the scenes even if they're not seeing it. Yeah, I'm excited man. That's awesome. And I think, you know, hey, what what better way to get the, the people pumped about Tropic Bombs again than to do like a you know, like a big double album. Do like a huge concept you know, do yeah. one in the fall, do one in the the spring, release one early, and then release one later on. Keep them jonesing for more. You know, but I think I think it's really awesome in all seriousness that that you guys have that rejuvenation because I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of bands that get to a point where they hit a wall. You know, where you know, yes, it's so fun to play live, but at some point you do want to play new songs. And I think you know, obviously, when you become a fan of a band, you always have your favorites you know like like you know just for me with you guys like the art of cloud cutting just because of how that song is structured and like like the way which i know is a big one for a lot of people who have followed the band for a long time um the alchemist gaze i have artwork from you that i still have i'm looking at it right now in in my in my dining room um was an amazing return uh with with johnny boy back in the band and i remember actually listening to like a rough cut of that in my car before I moved to Nashville with you and just how excited you were about that so I think that's awesome man and and the fact that you know you've been able to strike up a friendship with with Mackenzie is is insane I mean I you know some people don't know that you guys actually have gotten to play on shows with he is legend back home in Toledo um I went to at least one, maybe two of them, actually. Um, because, yeah, I think I went to two of them. Because uh, one of them was with Snot, if I'm not mistaken, when they had their reunion. And then yes. the other one was, like, with Jesse Smith and the Holy Ghost, was it? Um, yeah, yep. And um, was it Sleepwave, I think, was on that show, too? That one, so, I think you're thinking of, uh, there was one that... We couldn't play um, because we were going through another transition, and we didn't have all our members, and we didn't want to. We didn't want to force anything. Um, but that was a really good one. That was at I think it was still called Iggy's at the time. And actually, I think I was in the crowd there with you at that time. So, uh, but we yeah we played with them twice. Um, unfortunately, I never got to play on a show with Mackenzie, but it's even it's even cooler for me that like we've just genuinely become friends like 
if if you guys hear this, he's gonna be laughing at me and telling me stop being a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't help it, man. I just respect those guys so much. Um, I remember, like, um, I remember doing an interview too. Not to cut you off, but just as you're talking about that, when you said fanboy, it reminded me of a conversation that we had. This was probably, I think it was leading up to that show with Snot and how excited you were. And I remember after it, I remember after we got done talking and, and I was going to write the story and stuff, you're like, yeah, man, just, um, you were kind of nervous because you were like, you you didn't want to like come off as a fanboy. And, and I was like, well, one, Ryan, I'm never going to do that to you. But two, like, this is freaking awesome that you're getting to play with He Is Legend. I mean, how many people get to play with like their favorite band on a show i mean you know but i just remember it was like you're you were just you were like nervous and i don't really see you nervous that much you're always like cool as a cucumber and that's part of the reason i love you is because you're always like just ride the waves where they take you and like i'm always like you know trying to like go upstream a lot of times i feel like in life and so like you're you're always an inspiration to me in that way too like you you know you're very calm and like you have this calming presence and so I didn't, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but it just made me laugh when you said fanboy, because I, I remember that interview, and it, it, it was a great conversation, and, and, and I think the story turned out great, and there was a great turnout for the show, but I remember you being like, yeah, man, I just don't want to seem like too, I'm like, I'm like, I know, man, I'm like, I won't do that to you, but I'm like, at the same time, I, this is freaking crazy, this is awesome, you know what I mean? Well, it's funny, because I, I remember, uh, <laughs> When I left, when I was over there, when I was in Wilmington over the summer, and I left, like, we had a really awesome time, and um, Mandy, we went down there for Mandy's birthday, and had some friends come with us, and, uh, like, we, uh, you know, I just thought we were going to be, I had been talking to Mackenzie for, like, a year or two, probably two years, and we'd become buddies, but I didn't really expect too much as far, I didn't want to bother him in his daily life, but he lives down there, and uh, that's where his legend's from. He ended up coming out like every single night and hanging out with us and just being a really awesome dude. No, he's no, he's not like a dude who's all being flashy or trying to be someone he's not. Um, but I, I gave him a disclaimer after we left. I was at, we were in Raleigh and I texted him. I was like, hey, just so you know, I, I got to make one fanboy post, man, because it was really cool hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed and he's like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, man. I, don't put me on a pedestal and I was like I'm sorry but anyway uh so when we went back down there and hung out with them again with Crom, like again it was just shooting the shit like and actually he was really cool he let us come over and see the um the room where they wrote I think he said it's the room where they wrote like I Am Hollywood and all those albums and uh it was funny seeing you know Crom was so nervous because he was just meeting Mackenzie I at least felt like I knew Mackenzie and had been friends with him for a while but Mackenzie's like trying to hand Crumb these guitars off the wall, and like Crumb's like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, getting <laughs> all nervous, and it was it was endearing. Um, and so I I got to jam with Mackenzie, and I remember this one moment was really cool. I I told Mackenzie I was like, yeah, I remember after I Am Hollywood, you know, I was obsessed with all that whole album and even nine, you know, nine one zero two five before that, and I said. When I saw, now this is how long ago it was, you guys put a new song up on MySpace, because that's what everyone was doing at the time. And I was expecting it to be very I Am Hollywood-like, but it was uh, Mushroom River, if you 
are familiar with the song. Yes. And it was so sinister, and, like, it had this build-up. And I told him, like, how much that just changed. It was one of those defining moments in my life as a musician where I remember exactly where I was, exactly my reaction. I mean, it's like I'm there right now thinking about it. And as I told him this, as I'm sitting behind the drum set in his room, he just gets a smirk on his face. I don't know if you've ever heard someone tune a guitar suddenly while their amp is on, just by sound, but they they tune low, especially on that album, and we were just kind of talking and jamming, and I was like, yeah, I remember, God, dude, my favorite was when Mushroom River came out, and he just gets this smirk, and puts his hand up on the knob, and it's like, and I'm like, oh, shit. See what do this? He started playing the intro of Mushroom River, and I got to actually play it with him for a little bit. And, that dun dun dun, dun oh. yeah. And it's funny because, like, to him, that's no big deal. And, and to me, like, honestly, now being friends with him, like, it doesn't feel weird, and it's it's not a big deal. But like, there's still those moments where it's all that's going to mean something to me, you know. And like, you've been following his legend for a long time too, and all my friends back here like know how cool it was for me and. They even think it's cool. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think I think there's been these moments over over time that have been inspiring, and I, I'd like to think that that trip was inspiring for Crumb because we've just been kicking it into high gear ever since then, so... Yeah, it's exciting, man. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy to hear that he's in a place where he's, he's rejuvenated because... He's always been kind of an, an enigma to me. In fact, I don't know that, like, even at shows where I've, like, hung around and I've, I've tried to tried to talk to him, like, he's always, like, in and out. It's like a ghost. It's like he's there, and then it's like, was that a specter? Did I just, was that a real person? Is he is he actually, um, but, but his energy on stage, um, he's just like a riff beast, man, if I can steal a, a term from, from Jamie Jost of, of Hatebreed. Um, Crumb, Crumb, always his his style of playing, and I think that's what's made Tropic Bomb so interesting over the years. Um, you know, even back when Bino was in the band, John and, and Bino and, and Crumb all have very unique styles of playing. They all their pick style is different, and, and Crumb always had like I felt like just a really tight kind of just syncopated. Like I feel like he could play rhythm guitar in in just about any band because he's he's got such an awesome right hand, um, and and the fact that he's been able to go on this trip and and with you and you know get inspired and, and help create new music at a time when maybe he was kind of feeling a little a little stagnant I think is really awesome because I I don't you know I don't know if he knows but I'll tell him I mean he's he's an amazing guitar player so. I'm really excited to to hear the new music from you guys. And, and speaking on that, and obviously I, you never want to put pressure on that. As you mentioned, you you guys are in the process of closing, you know, on a house right now. Uh, you know, John just had twin baby boys. But as far as the, the writing is going and, and the stuff that's pouring out, um, do you guys have any goals right now just to kind of give people an idea of, of when you would like to put something out? Well... I don't think we have any dates in mind, um, officially or, or even unofficially, but I guess the way it's been going so far, um, which I do expect to actually 
continue or even increase a little uh, as far as the, the pace we're riding at as things start to come together. The hardest part is getting it started, and then you, then you fill everything in. But right. um, we've got a lot of good stuff started. I, w- I think that for this year, our goal, my goal in my head kind of roughly, is I would like to have a full album written and, and probably start recording this year. I mean... Um, I think I think that that's that's a, a reasonable goal. I mean, we could do it sooner. We we have enough. The other thing is, we have songs right now that we can actually record and release as a one-off. Right. But I don't I don't think we want to do that because that's what we've kind of been doing. And while that's always fun to release one and like we'll spend a good amount of time on it, but I really want to do the album thing. To, to us, you know, you see all these articles that are saying, like, albums are are things of the past and all this, but to me, I don't think that's true. Not for us. Um, an album, an album is a, a piece, a piece of art as a whole. Whereas, you know, you can put up, put out a song, you can put out an MP3, you can, you know, you can shoot off one song and that's cool, but like an album really shows who you are as musicians and as people and my favorite works of music when I think in terms of music I don't think of oh here's one of my favorite songs I think of like here's here's one of my favorite albums right and uh, I think I think that still is, is going to continue to be a thing at least at least with us it will be um, I think there's something about putting on an album while you're driving and, and listening to these songs back to back, even if they're jumping all over stylistically, there's still something about albums. Um, so point being, we don't really want to just shoot off a one-off. Now, I will say um, two things here. What as we get closer, we probably will release a song or two ahead of time as like a teaser. And in fact, <laughs> here's another thing: is you might probably know more about this band than anyone else not in the band. <laughs> other than maybe like our significant others who, who hear us, you know, they're with us every single day. But I will say the fact that you mentioned, you know, which songs we've done over the years, and you actually missed one. Um, but I don't think you realized it because I was just talking with my wife, Mandy, the other day about, I, I think... People have been asking if we're going to put like Poteps and the Alchemist Gaze on the album, even though they're older, or if we're going to leave them off. In my mind, I think I want to put them on the album because when a song is released as a one-off, it's kind of lost in the wind. I mean, you get a music video for something like Alchemist Gaze, there's a little more attention drawn to it, right? But really, it has no hope, and like you're only going to find it if you go onto Spotify and you try to stream a single or whatever but if it's on an album like the songs you mentioned earlier Light the Way um, you mentioned some other ones before Alchemist those songs are, those stick with people as part of an album you know you, you're going to hear that song because people are going to buy an album more than they're going to just go stream a random song I think so um, I want to put those songs on an album and it just goes to show, we actually did a demo where it was just John and I, uh, John and me, 
probably, I think it was last year, it was, it was a few weeks before the last Midsummer Meltdown, we had been working on a song, John, John and myself, we had been working on a song, I just used all, all three forms, I was like, John and I, John and me, John and myself. <laughs> the funny thing is, I know the actual grammatically correct way to say it in each of those sentences, but I'm just too lazy right now. We had put out, or been working on a song, and what we had been doing is we had been practicing by recording it and adding parts and layering. Um, because we didn't have a full band there, I was doing the drums, um, and John was doing the guitar, kind of the bass. Crumb was kind of still in his like backseat mode at the time. So John and I had been recording this practice version just for ourselves to like hear the different parts. And a few weeks before the show, we're like, man, we want to play this new song, but no one's even heard it. So it's, I think it's kind of fun to hear a new song in a show, but it's also kind of fun if you hear it like a week or two before the show, and then you get to hear it live. Right. Personally, I prefer that, so I at least kind of can bob my head to it or whatever. So John and I asked the rest of the band at the time, like, hey, is it cool? We have this practice recording that's by no means like error-free or super high quality, but just to show people a new song we've been working on. Is it cool if we just kind of release this on, online at least and, as a demo? And everybody's like, yeah, go ahead, you know? And so John and I put out uh, on our Bandcamp website, we put up a song called Into the Sand. And I think you've probably heard it. Maybe you haven't. I don't think um, I've heard that one. I know you've, I know you've sent me some stuff... Um... You sent me something via Dropbox, but I don't think I've actually heard Into the Sand. Into the Sand is a fully written song, um, although we would be re-recording it and probably changing some some little pieces to solidify. Um, but the structure is all there, and most of the layers are there, the lyrics are there. It's actually a follow-up to Ghosts of Time, the original Ghosts of Time. Oh, right on. Yeah, so if you remember the original Ghosts of Time, back when it was just two of us, you know, John and me doing uh, doing songs in the studio when we first started. He had the weird like video gamey tappy tapping riff. Yeah. So we kind of decided for various reasons that I won't give give away. But if you know what that song's about, um, then you'll recognize that this is a follow up like almost a decade later. So we released it on our band camp. You can go to the, the trop If you look up, I think it's tropicbombs.bandcamp.com, you'll see all of our songs that we've put out, and you can stream them. And uh, there's a demo one, so it's, it's lower quality than our album stuff, but it's got some mistakes and stuff in there, but we didn't care. We're just like, we want to show people what we've been doing. So if anyone's curious now this is by no means the newest stuff i mean the newest stuff i think is even well beyond like that song but that is one song that will be redone for the album put on there i don't think a lot of people have heard that song um just because we didn't advertise it heavily it was just it's just a demo we threw up there we might even you know bring it bring it back down off there at some point just so we can get official stuff up there but you can hear a demo there, um, although I, I, I'll say, like like I said, the stuff that we're doing now, um, I'm really proud of. I'm taking a lot of ownership over it because, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm not only doing the vocals, I'm 
I'm also the uh, the drummer, at least at the time <laughs> for this album. I'm, I'm doing the drums. Yeah. And uh, that's cool because I haven't drummed on an album set. I mean, I've, I've always been part of the writing process um, for drums in Tropic Bombs, but I haven't been actually doing the finalized product and recording of the drums in Tropic Bombs ever. Other than like the original Ghost of Time, that was me drumming. Original Assassins, that was me drumming, and you know stuff like that. But even if I were that song, that's kind of a one-off. That was me drumming. But after we moved into a full band, I didn't do the drumming recordings, and so I'm I'm really excited. I've been studying drums in a way that I haven't ever. <laughs> um, when you're a kid learning drums, you want to you hear a Rage Against the Machine song or whatever band you're into, and you're drum teacher teach me this and you know I, I avoided I didn't avoid but I didn't practice the rudiments and all the stuff that like the really good like uh, marching band dudes are playing and stuff and so I've been practicing the basics again because I think 20 years into my drumming life uh, I, I realized there was a lot of stuff I didn't focus on that I would like to be better at and I, I have no shame or pride issues and going back to the basics and trying to refine my skills and make myself a better drummer um, just because I've been drumming for 20 years doesn't mean that I can't go practice basic stuff and get better because there's a lot of stuff I kind of skipped <laughs> um, and I found my way around the drum kit and developed my own style but I want to continue to become better as a musician not only in singing and songwriting and recording but in drumming and uh, I'm really proud of the stuff we've been writing and the stuff I've been drumming. And I think we've, we have a really good style going on. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what, what people think um, or the reactions to me drumming on an album because I, I'll be honest, I wasn't super excited about doing it at first because it's been so long since I had to focus that hard on drums. I mean, yeah. I, write the structure of a song drum wise but then I'm like here let's let Steve figure out the details of <laughs> and, um, and also I was like dude okay how am I going to follow up first Jason Goss drumming on Nuclear and drumming for a year or two the beginning of the band and then Steve they're both equally incredible drummers with their own style I'm like how am I going to come in after those two guys and try to <laughs> keep keep the bar where it's at, you know, or, or even raise it. And I was just like, Jesus, those are some shoes to fill. But uh, I embraced it and kind of went in, you know, with both feet. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. I'll, I won't, I'm not going to sit there and try to say, like, <laughs> you know, I'm doing a better job than they were or anything because that's just not true. I think, I think we all bring something different to the band. And I think there's a slightly different feel with me as a drummer. Um, but I think it's a good thing too because it's uh, for anyone that, like I said, I'm doing things differently than I ever have. But you got to remember that this, all this music that the bands we've been in over the years started with me on the drums and John and Crumb on guitar. So that's nothing new to us. Like we we mesh really well with, with me drumming. They're they're very used to it. It hasn't been a big adjustment for them at all. Yeah. So, that I think alone, like me jumping on the drums and and writing with them, has has just been, you know, like it takes off real quick. Um, so I'm I'm 
pretty excited. I, I really can't wait to at least release one song with with uh, me drumming. Uh, that into into the sand demo that we have up that that is me on the drums, but it's not. I don't think it's my my best work as compared to like what I've been doing now. But it's it's definitely. I think it's a solid little demo recording. So you should definitely check it out. Um, and anyone else listening to this, feel free to go check it out as well. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited, Ryan. It's been great to catch up with you today, dude. Uh, you're you're a great friend. You're an, an awesome human being. I'm really excited for the new music. Um, I'm really excited to hear that uh, Crumb is rejuvenated and that you and him and John have, have cranked out new stuff, um, that you're getting back into drumming. The kids with, with John and your sister and, and you and Mandy getting a house, like it's all positive, man. So thanks again, dude. It's It's been... It's been awesome catching up with you today. I miss you guys, and I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear the new stuff. So, one more time, tell the tell the people where they can find you um, if they if they do happen to be new to this, where they can find Tropic Bombs. Um, well, you know, we're we're basic we're basic bitches. No, uh, <laughs> so we we have an Instagram, of course, Tropic Bombs. Um, Facebook, we have a Facebook page like anyone else, Tropic Bombs. Um, to listen to what we have, I think pretty much our whole discography right now uh, in the past, and then that new demo recording is all on tropicbombs.bandcamp.com, um, or if you go to bandcamp.com, you can just search Tropic Bombs. So, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find us. Um, and I'd say as far as updates, you know, definitely, hopefully people are listening to this podcast because this is... This is by far the most uh, juicy as far as details have gone on, on where we're at right now. <laughs> so keep listening to Mike's podcast. I'm sure we'll do another one as things develop. Uh, yeah. Or you know what? You know, we're, we're an open book. Find us on Facebook. Message us questions. The band page. Hit us up individually. Whatever. We, we love talking about you know, music with people and what other bands are doing, what we're doing. We just, we just love it all. So, you know, shoot us a message, give us a phone call. We don't care. We just want to, we just want to keep this music as part of our lives, people. All righty, Dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with my good friend, Ryan Waiten of Tropic Bombs. I love that dude. I miss that dude. It was so great to catch up with him. So I hope that you guys enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. I can't wait to hear the new music. In the meantime, until that new stuff comes out, make sure you guys check these guys out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tropic Bombs. If you don't have Facebook, you can follow these guys on tropicbombs.bandcamp.com and listen to their music from their first album all the way to their latest stuff, their latest songs that they put out over the last couple of years, as Ryan mentioned. And their YouTube channel is great as well. Um, they've got stuff from way back in the day when him and John first started the band like 10 years ago. There's some funny videos. There's some great behind-the-scenes stuff. Their music videos, live footage. There's also like a mini documentary that they put together when Ryan proposed to Mandy at one of their Midsummer Meltdown shows. Was that like 2013, I think it was? I think it was, like six years ago. So anywho, uh, wherever you find yourself on your phone or on your computer, 
whether it's Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, these guys have their stuff out there. So make sure you go check them out. They're a great band, great dudes, funny dudes. And I can't wait to hear the new stuff. And speaking of that new stuff, Into the Sand, as Ryan mentioned, was one of the demos that they had done in the last couple of years. And they put it on their band camp last year in 2018. So I wanted to share that one with you guys at the end of this show. It's not a final polished version like you would hear on one of their CDs, but it's a really awesome song. I think it really shows kind of the evolution of the band from where they started back in the day in 2009 and where they're at now. And it's kind of one of those songs that shows their progression. So hopefully you guys dig it. So I'll put a button on this bad boy by just saying thank you. I love you all. I appreciate you listening. This is Into the Sand from Tropic Bombs. (laughs) 